lovely jubbly. Acts 19, 1 to 7. While Paulus was uh, at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, No. We have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, Then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. And Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands onto them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. Very good. So to kick off, I want you to think of someone uh, famous, something, someone you might be a fan of, someone you follow, someone who you know a bit about, like if there was a pub trivia category on them, you do all right. Um, how, do you, how do you know about that person? How do you know what they're like? Um, hopefully you've got someone in mind. If you don't, uh, I actually Googled um, who the most famous person in the world is. Uh, it's actually Dwayne The Rock Johnson. So let's use him as a case study. Come on this journey with me. There are a few ways uh, that, look, I believe it. There are a few ways in which I know Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I, I might have read his book, um, The Rock Says. I might have um, seen one of his at least 68 movies or watched one of his many interviews. Uh, and seen how charismatic he is. I might have heard about his legendary wrestling days uh, from Ian or from uh, one of my other friends who, who are into wrestling. Or I could have just assumed logically that he's a stand-up guy because of how well he rocks his turtleneck. <laughs> but unfortunately, there is one glaringly obvious flaw in my knowledge and understanding of Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and that is I don't have a relationship with him. I've never experienced an interaction with him. John Wesley describes um, four methods, four sources of authority by which we know God and form our theology. Um, it's called the Wesleyan quadrilateral, which is on the next slide, which as a side note has no need being a quadrilateral. Um, the, the diagram I picked is just four points that gets the same point across. But the, the first um, authority we know God by is through Scripture. And this is kind of the most important one because it's the measure by which we hold everything else against. It is the true and inspired Word of God. And this is our equivalent to knowing Dwayne The Rock Johnson by reading his book, uh, The Rock Says, or maybe watching his interviews. The second authority by which we know God is through um, tradition. And I often think of tradition um, in a negative light. I often think it's holding us back and we need to move forwards. But um, actually, tradition can be a, a really powerful and tangible link of chains that links through generations and generations all the way back to the first disciples, right? So there is value and worth in tradition. And this uh, is similar to learning about what the rock, uh, smelling what the rock is cooking, um, through my friends telling me what that is, even though I've never seen Dwayne The Rock Johnson in a Royal Rumble. And the third um, way which we know God by or come to form our theology is through reason. And this is kind of the argument that, well, we are rational beings and the world exists and functions in order and through laws of maths and science and logic. Um, 
And so where has this all come from? It must come from a rational being, and we can know what is true and not true about God if it makes rational sense. Um, and this is like me saying, I can confirm that Dwayne the Rock Johnson is a cool guy because of how he rocks that turtleneck. Which, I acknowledge that was a bit of a stretch, but you get what I mean. Um, and the fourth authority by which we know God is experience. And in fact, apart from Scripture, experience is uh, the strongest proof of Christianity. And John Wesley says that we cannot have reasonable assurance of something unless we have experienced it personally. We know that's true. We know that we don't believe something um, until we have experienced it firsthand, or that that is the strongest proof of our knowledge, right? He says, what the Scriptures promise, I enjoy. And it's the strongest proof um, for Christianity also because unlike tradition and reason, um, experience is now, it's present, and it's simple, and it's personal. Um, And unfortunately, I have no personal experience with Dwayne The Rock Johnson to confidently tell you uh, what kind of person he is. So some of us uh, in this room have and some of us haven't had um, personal encounters with God. And I just want to acknowledge everyone in the room's um, different spiritual backgrounds and contexts which we come from. Um, and there, we will actually get to the ugly side of that kind of stuff later. But, but for now, I want to um, encourage everyone of this simple but profound truth that there is more. And when we go through this passage, uh, I want to make it clear that my aim is not to make you doubt or call into question your previous experiences, um, make you doubt whether you've received the Holy Spirit or not, whether this counts as a Holy Spirit encounter. They, the, the past doesn't matter as much as, well, now are you, are you open? Are you still hungry? Are you still chasing God and a, a move of His Holy Spirit afresh and anew? So let's um, officially dive back into Acts 19, uh, which will be on the screen again, uh, where Paul finds some disciples and he asks them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And I'm going to stop right there because there's one obvious question that I ask myself when I read this. Verse 1, it says they are disciples. And this is the same word in the original language used later on to describe Christian disciples as well, so we know that they're disciples and they believe, verse 2, right? So why wouldn't they have received the Spirit? Why is Paul asking this question? Is this a question, <coughs> excuse me, we would have, is this a question anyone would ask in the church today? I believe, therefore I have the Spirit, right? We know that from Romans 8, 9, or Ephesians 1, 13, which is on the screen for your reference. Or is there a possibility that today I know Jesus, but I don't have the Holy Spirit? That's a scary thought. Um, but let's put this into its proper context, eh? um, as all scripture should be. On the next slide, we see Luke 24, 49. Um, before Jesus ascends, you know, he says, I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. And then Acts 1, also known as Luke 2.0, as Luke wrote both Luke and then Acts, picks up where we left off. He's talking about Jesus' last teachings where Jesus says, uh, Acts 1.4, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. 
For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel uh, to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, uh, Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And we see this manifest in, at Pentecost in Acts 2. So, so there is, um, in a sense, this context where they are receiving the Spirit for the first time, genuinely. Uh, these people, these Ephesian disciples that Paul has come across, genuinely would not have heard, probably, of that there was a Holy Spirit. And there is this argument, well, are these guys like truly converted Christians or not? Uh, some say yes and some say no. I'm not going to get into heaps of detail into that today. It's a little beside the question because the main question I want to ask is why? Why do they need to receive the Holy Spirit if they have believed and received the baptism of repentance? Isn't that what Jesus told his disciples to preach? Repent and believe. The kingdom of God is at hand. Maybe they hadn't truly repented before. Or maybe they had, but they had to do it again because the Spirit wasn't there. And the Spirit's like, oh, sorry, I blinked. Can you do that again? That's like, counts this time. Um, they received John's baptism of repentance. What else was there to receive, right? Um, here's another question that I've asked before. What is the Christian life about? Is it about uh, salvation? Is it about... Um, Coming to faith? Is it about realizing that I'm a sinner in need of grace and that um, I, I've been convicted of my sin, that I, I need Jesus, I need the, the saving work of Jesus to, to give me forgiveness and gift me um, a relationship with God and so I can be with Him in eternity forever? If that is, in fact, all the Christian life is about, then stick a fork in me. I'm done. I'm ready. Uh, beam me up. Just let's, um, let's go. Take me away. Church, I don't think this is um, a question of salvation. This is not about us going to heaven. I think this is about heaven coming to us. It's not about us going to heaven. I think this is about heaven coming to earth. And I'm not arguing whether there is a second experience um, after faith or conversion. I'm arguing there's a third and a fourth and a fifth. In fact, I want to be uh, ultimately receiving His Spirit every morning, new and afresh. I want to, I want to receive His Spirit every time I hear His truth. I want to, I want to receive His Spirit. Um, I want to be filled, like it says in Ephesians 5. I want to be presently and continuously always filled with the Spirit. I want uh, to wake up every morning and receive a supernatural um, anointing to live my natural life with, with the Holy God. How can we... As on paper, physical beings expect to relate to a spiritual God without the Holy Spirit. This is not church business as usual. Uh, because with a baptism of repentance, we receive relationship with God. But with a baptism of the Spirit, we receive intimacy with God because there is more. There is, because of Jesus' atoning sacrifice, 
uh, no divide between us and God. The, the veil has been split in two. The heavens have been opened. We have direct access to the Father. When we pray for God's kingdom to, to come on earth like as it is in heaven, how are we not putting our expectation, how are we not expecting a supernatural power of God into our life? And I know many of us have come to this church, Church for the City, because we know that there is more. Um, and we want to learn more um, of what is more. And uh, I just wanted to reignite, um, re-encourage you to, to rekindle that first fire you might have had um, for the supernatural, for more, because again, I don't want church business as usual. I don't want to rock up to a Sunday expecting the same thing as the last. Uh, I want to experience God's truth fresh each time I receive it. I want to receive power from on high. I want to be clothed with power from on high to receive uh, victory and transformation in my life where things are dead and hopeless. I want to believe that God is real. I want to actually feel and experience the realness, the reality of, of God's love for me. I want to receive God's outpouring of his love poured straight into our hearts, as it says in Romans 5.5. 5. Many of us say, I know and I believe, but I have not experienced. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Um, but let's let's not get this wrong wrong way around. Right, I want to nip this in the bud. Um, the next slide, please. The the experience does not produce faith, right? Because if an experience can lead you to faith, then experience can lead you to unbelief. It has to be the direct, divine, unhindered, unencumbered, beautiful, personal revelation of God to yourself through the Holy Spirit that wins you to saving faith in Him. So if it is not about saving faith, then what is it about? What actually happens in Acts 19 uh, when the Spirit comes? What's the result? What's the fruit? Verse 6 um, when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Well, this is a little familiar. Isn't this exactly what happened at Pentecost in Acts 2? Isn't this, again, the fulfilled promise of Luke 24, the, the power of the Holy Spirit, um, that you will be clothed and you will receive this gift to be my witnesses in all the earth? Uh, now, this does not... I'm not trying to um, imply there's a formula or any um, way the Spirit works in particular. There, there's no kind of way that you do this, then this happens. But there, there is a purpose, right? And we know from 1 Corinthians 12 to 14 that the purpose of the gifts is love. And without love, it's, it's nothing, it's a waste. It's to build up the church, 1 Corinthians 14, 26. It's to fill our people with power to be as witnesses, to, to have a, a church full of people with faith who can, who can weather every storm, who has the faith in every circumstance to, to show people, to witness God's goodness in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Uh, right, so that's... That's where we've landed. In a sentence, we've um, the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to experience the intimate relationship that God wants for us. But what is holding us back? 
what's holding us back? There are four things that I can think of. The first one is, is knowledge. Maybe there's a knowledge gap. Maybe you, uh, like the Ephesians, genuinely did not know that there was a Holy Spirit. Maybe you are not a Christian. Maybe you're not sure. Uh, maybe you are, but you've never just really given thought to the Holy Spirit. Or maybe the Spirit has been at work in your life, but you've just never learned the language and read the signs to give Him credit and glory for what is due. Wherever you are on your faith journey, um, I just want to let you know the Holy Spirit's a gift, and it's free to receive. Um, you don't have to earn or deserve your gift. You can simply receive Him when you open yourself up to a relationship with God, and you can ask the Holy Spirit, you can invite Him to come into your life. He's not going to force Himself on you. You can ask Him to give you a brand new start, to give you life in the Spirit, and not just the flesh. Uh, so maybe we don't know the Holy Spirit, or maybe we do, um, but we just don't care. Um, maybe there's an apathy that is holding us back. Maybe we've heard it all before, but it's just like a bit of an effort and um, I'm kind of happy the way things are. And to this person, I just say, like, you're, you're missing out. Um, if you have that kind of attitude, then no, you're not going to see any victory or transformation or life in the Spirit. You're not going to see those dead things come alive. You're not going to have that hope that is promised to us in Romans 5 because of the Spirit. You won't... Receive the freedom. That's an offer in 2 Corinthians 3.18. You won't go from glory to glory and strength to strength. You'll just go from glory and then you'll stay there. But there is more. Right? Okay, the third reason we might be holding back. Maybe you don't know. Maybe you don't care. Maybe you don't trust. Maybe you're scared of the unknown. Um, this is not the God. I know what you're saying, Seb, is sounds a little out there. It's, um, maybe you don't actually agree with what I'm saying, which please, if you have a biblically-based opinion that is contrary to mine, please let me know because I also am on this journey of learning and knowing. Um, but I would, do want to challenge you that if, if God agrees with everything um, you think and every decision you make, then I wonder whose trust are you really putting your hands in, your life in. Maybe um, you're also afraid of looking weird and um, doing something wrong or embarrassing. Um, maybe you're like, inexperienced and you just don't know what to do. Um, and I would want to let you know that this is um, a safe place. There are many people in the same boat as you who are learning and um, more who can teach and who are wise and can encourage there's plenty of grace in this house. Um, but if you genuinely want to see something different, um, something supernatural, a miraculous move of God, then there is a step that we have to take in faith and in humility to open yourself to the possibilities. The last group of people I want to speak to um, that might be holding back from a move of the Spirit is um, people who might have wounds from previous experiences in church, people who have seen others been hurt by misuse and abuse of the gift of the Spirit. Um, I know myself, every testimony I hear of breakthrough, um, there's one of 
pain and, and suffering because of uh, misguided teaching. Um, and I'm really sorry if that's you. I, my heart breaks for you and um, we are here as a community to comfort you and lift your arms up and to pray with you. Um, we're not going to force anything on you because, uh, again, that's, that's not what Jesus is about. But I will suggest that the only way to receive true and lasting, authentic spiritual healing is from the spiritual healer. Uh, there is a trust and a leaning in that we have to do with the Spirit of God. We will hold your arms up like Aaron and her did to Moses when he became weary. But there's business between you and God that I can't do for you. So, uh, Band, you can start coming up. Um, I would love to use this time of reflection uh, in this space to minister to one another wherever you are in, the, in that journey or those four things holding us back. Um, I would love, in fact, every Sunday uh, we have ministry time uh, if people were open to ministering to each other, to receiving the Spirit fresh in a new way, if people were tired of church business as usual and you actually wanted to see life in the Spirit and something new and powerful, I would love um, for people to give and receive words of prophecy on, on a Sunday or at a, at a prayer night. I know for myself, I receive words of prophecy from people in this room that have immeasurably shaped my life and my walk with God. I would love to pray with you and love to see people pray with each other for the Spirit to move in a way that we haven't experienced before, to experience God's love in a way we haven't known before. Um, that we could be filled with faith to, to go out after this Sunday and, and each day of the week to show people that there is a life outside of the flesh, that there is more, that there is life in the Spirit. So as the band um, plays a song, if, you, if you're not comfortable, that's also fine. You can, in your own space, you can worship and sing along. But I would love if we could gather around each other in small groups. Um, don't rush into prayer points or agendas, but um, if you could just wait and listen and obey what God might be saying in this moment. If we could picture Jesus in this room and, and ask him, like, what would you say to this person right now? If you could be his mouthpiece for this person. Um, why don't we stand? I'm going to invite the Spirit to come. If you can have an open heart and open hands, if you're comfortable to receive. God, we are sorry for quenching and being ignorant or being withholding. We uh, invite you, Holy Spirit, to, to come and move in a powerful way in us. Please come and fill us with your Spirit. Come clothe us with power from on high. Please show us something of heaven. We ask God for your kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. And we pray for gift of the Spirit to come alive, for uh, people to be loved and encouraged by it.
for, for healing and for, um, for people to, to receive and experience your love like they did the first time. When you turn um, to the people around you and just ask God, like, open-endedly, what do you want to say? What do you want to do? Um, or if you want to come speak to me or someone at the front, uh, if you feel like there's more, I don't know what it is, but I feel like there's more, um, we're happy to, in fact, not just happy, we'd be stoked to, to pray with you.